All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Holy crap! Let's see if uh, let's see if I know how to do this. It's been a while. If I remember it's anything, how does this go? Where do I start? Who's, who's oh, who normally starts? Usually you oh, say I, welcome. Oh yeah. Oh hi. Hey there. Welcome. Hi. Uh, welcome to the Woolworths Film Cast, your uh, Detroit podcast for film, TV news, and discussion. We're back here in the first week of January with a little bit of a New Year's hangover. We took a couple weeks off. Um, and uh, we're back, uh, guys. Uh, I'm here. With, well, let me let me introduce the the people. Everyone, we're gonna have some new listeners, right? It's a new year. Hopefully, probably. I heard some people's resolution was to listen to the film cast yeah. more. Yeah. Um, yeah I, but let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kale Davidoff. Um, I am here on this film cast as I am every week except for the last two weeks with my friends, Colin Moore and Mitch Haba. Alan and Mitch and I, we get together every uh, week here on the Filmcast to sit around and discuss a movie. This week, we are discussing uh, Quentin Tarantino's eighth film, The Hateful Eight. Uh, we all saw that. We're going to get to discuss it. But, uh, bef- I, thought, I thought we were doing The Ridiculous Six. <laughs> I can't oh, keep track. It. And next year, you'll have The Magnificent Seven. So, jeez. Ah, um, but, um, guys, let's just, I mean, how was your break? Was it, was it good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christmas was nice. I'm like... Slowly accepting the fact that Christmas will it's never over. be well, it will never be as good as when I got like my creepy crawler set. Yeah, so creepy like it's, it's exactly. So it's like kind of that was like the high Christmas for me, and no other Christmas. But one thing that will that. never ever change on Christmas is Christmas movies. Did you guys see? You get get out there and see, we obviously we saw it. We also hatefully, mm-hmm. but did you guys get out there and see some movies? I saw one. I saw The Big Short. Nice, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. Very, very busy. Yeah, uh, I saw Carol and The Hateful Eight and Danish Girl. Oh, wow. Look at you. Trumbo. Trumbo. What was the best out of those? Showing us up. Uh, probably Carol. Carol. You liked Carol I liked lot, Carol yeah. a lot, yeah. yeah. I want to check that out. I've heard, I've heard really good things about Carol. Yeah. Um, hmm. I saw Star Wars four times. It's over the break or a total four times. Oh, a total. The fifth is supposed to be this week, but I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Um, I was going to say, you saw Star Wars another four times. Well, (laughs) half the box office rank has been from 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 Kale. From me. Yeah, right. Um, So we do do start off every show with some news headlines, and I think this is newsworthy, not just because I saw it four times, but apparently sort of a lot of other people. Guys, it's only been a few weeks. I guess four weeks. 20, we, 20 we days. This. 20 days. And uh, Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, has passed Avatar as the highest grossing domestic film of all time. That's pretty nuts. I mean, I guess we all kind of expected this. But you, you really never know, I guess. I mean, it could have, you know. Yeah. I think I, it's still the, the number one in the box office, like, the weekly. At the weekend, yeah. For sure. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but they are saying, so Avatar still holds the record globally by about a like a mil a billion or something it's like crazy mm-hmm. um a lot of experts are saying now these are experts quote unquote i've read a lot about this before that said avatar would never be caught domestically but a lot of people are still saying that it's gonna it's gonna be tough for the force awakens to catch it globally now let's this is with by the way avatar did have a re-release so it is it is they count that yeah they do count mm-hmm. that and and you know the force awakens will too there's of no question definitely no, of course no question in my mind that not only will the force awakens probably have a, a re-release later in 2016 probably before this rogue, summer probably yeah probably before rogue one comes out mm-hmm. but when uh, episode eight comes out it's probably gonna have a re-release with all seven films probably um you know the, the kind of the way that movie theaters have had that you know mm-hmm. some theaters had all mm-hmm. six yeah. and seven so um yeah, I don't know. I, you know, we we all re, we we recorded an episode about it, but uh, we all enjoyed the film. Surprised? Is it is it is it any is it just ridiculous that people are seeing this a million times, or is it warranted? It's a little both. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. Yeah, I've seen it twice now. I plan on mm-hmm. seeing it again this weekend uh, with my parents. Um, some people have seen it more times, Kale, uh, which is probably the main contributor to the 
you know, the record of people seeing it multiple times. Right. Um, I get it. I mean, it's fun. It's a fun movie. And you want to take people who haven't seen it. So you bring in more people. Yeah. On. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've, I've seen it twice. I would see it a third time if for some reason my parents want it to go see a movie in the theater. They never do. But, um, yeah, it's fun to see with your parents. I think, you yeah. know, it's a story about parenthood mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. But I've, I mean, I work, um, I get a lot of people coming into my shop every day and they always I we always you know, Star Wars comes up in some conversation when they're sitting down in there and I get, I, a lot of people have said like oh I'm waiting for the crowds to die down so there's still more people you mean you're waiting for the Netflix release <clears throat> yeah they're died down trust me but, you can but get, that's you like can a lot of people who still, still get a good seat it. yeah there are still so you know it should be interesting to see how far it can get domestically. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I did see it with my parents, and I kind of think I might have told you this, but this is funny, and I'm not going to spoil anything. But um, you know, I'm sitting there with my parents, and there was a reason for this later that I found out that was warranted. But you know, it's right before the big spoiler scene, like it's just about to initiate, mm-hmm. and I see out of the corner of my eye, my father gets up from his seat, and I turn to him and I said, "Dad." No, and yeah, I pointed at the screen, and he would like he looked so pissed at me. I was like, "You gotta sit down." Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> and he did because you know we were talking. I was like, "Try explaining that to him later." He'd yeah. be like, "That didn't happen." Yeah, <laughs> like sits back down. So what I miss? Okay, right. Like parents and of right? all the times to get up, like <laughs> when you're like well, hero out, and you're. It, it turned out it was it was like a semi emergency, so there was, uh. a, there was he was a reason for it. My dad, you know, I, I he's just the kind of guy who doesn't go to the bathroom during movies so it was it was kind of weird i was like what are you doing yeah yeah. um anyways there's that everyone you know i'm gonna probably see it a fifth time you know before it's out of theaters so Mm -hmm. i am uh part of the problem i I suppose um but we have other news future we have other news um and you know is is star wars a part of this at all that colin the golden globes are this sunday they are they are okay they are Star Wars is a part of it? No. Or they're not, no, right? They're not. I don't think it's... They're not screened. eligible, right? I don't think it's screened in time right, for okay. the Golden Globes. Right. Um, but anyways, the Golden Globes matter. are just... Yeah. I, I mean, you know. Yeah. Star Wars is doing okay without the yeah. Golden Globes. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're used as paperweights mostly in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> all right. Golden so, Globes. But Colin, uh, they're happening this Sunday. They and, are. And... Uh, what are you thinking? Um, well, I'm excited for Ricky Gervais to yeah, get back right. and host. He said that he's not going to hold back at all, which is exactly what I want. Um, I'll say that I don't really watch him that much, but when the knowing he's doing it, I'm going to try and tune in. I yeah, mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm having a Golden Globes party. Oh, There's going to be a lot of champagne and oh. fun to be had. But... um. Yeah, I mean, it's the first major, major award se- right. uh, show of the season. Mm-hmm. and So it could go a number of ways. I mean, I think there's some front runners in some categories, but there could also be some surprises, as Golden Globes tend to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't, it's going to be interesting. Do you have any predictions? Have any... I think, for me, the only like certain lock is Leonardo DiCaprio winning Best Actor. So it's, I it's, I wanted to go around and do this. So we would all just pick one lock and see how we do next time we meet. So that's your lock. That's definitely my lock. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch, do you have a lock? Yeah, I think so. Okay. My lock is um, for best supporting actress in a motion picture. I think it's going to be Jennifer Jason Leigh. Um, oh, for uh, this for this movie. Yeah. Hey, play it. I think Alicia Vikander. Because she's nominated. Every, everyone thought she would be nominated and win for The Danish Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she got, was... she got moved into lead actress for Danish Girl. And she's had such a breakout year that I think they'll award her for supporting, even though it may not be as deserving. But that's interesting. Her, so she's, so she's, she for, real she's up for both. Movie. Yeah. That's Best interesting. actress and supporting. Huh. But Jennifer Jason Lee is my number two. So I, I think it's going to go to one of those two. All right. I have a bold-ass lock. And, I'll, and I, you know, this is kind of tongue-in-cheek because I don't really... Look, I am so bad at this shit. I'm, don't ever let me fill out an NCAA bracket for you. Don't let me fill out an Oscar prediction for you. I'm terrible at this stuff. I really don't even... I don't get... You know, I don't think about it the way that most people do. But uh, here's a bold-ass lock. I, 
Mad Max is gonna is gonna win the best the picture. Okay. Thing. Yeah. Drama. Drama. That's my lock for the Golden Globes. Um, but we'll see. I think if it has a chance of winning any best picture at any of the major award It'll shows, the Golden, Golden Globes, Globes is the one. Hmm. Um, Colin, do you have any other? I mean, um, what, what's maybe what's the uh, what's the one that's most up in the air? I think um, best actress is pretty pretty open. Um, you got Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn, Kate Blanchett for Carol, Rooney Mara for Carol. Brie Larson for Room and Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. Right. Um, I don't think. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't think Alicia Vikander will get it, but between the and I don't think Kate Blanchett will get it, but between the other three, it's um kind of a toss up for me. You don't think they'll give it to Kate Blanchett? I don't. She won for Blue Jasmine, like Helen two, Mirren has two years won ago. numerous times, and she won for a few years ago for Julie and Julia or whatever it was. Well, what did oh. you think? You've seen Carol. a few years ago. Meryl, Helen Meryl Streep. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Meryl Streep. That's, that's different. Yeah. That's Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kate Blanchett's a better actress than Meryl Streep. Yeah. But what? How did you think she didn't care? I mean, you saw. She's it. good, but she's a way smaller part than, than Rooney Mara. Than Rooney Mara. Okay. Rooney Mara is definitely the lead in that movie. Okay. So that's, that's, isn't that interesting to you? With that, if she has a smaller part, that she wasn't maybe shuffled around to supporting. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they they. The advertising for that movie is mostly Kate Blanchett. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm confused too, though. Yeah, because that's I thought she was the lead, but she's not and really. I mean, she is. I mean, it's told from Rooney, Rooney Mara. Mara's perspective, and okay. Kate Blanchett is Carol. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and she, but I mean, Rooney Mara won at the Best Actress at Cannes Film Festival, but everyone was the studios pushing Rooney Mara in the supporting category, and the Golden Globe said no, she has to compete as a lead because it's a lead performance. Hmm. Why would they do that? Because she has a better, she has a better chance yeah, of winning right, that. Right. I mean, studios. Well, we've all seen, we we all we all saw. No one saw the Danish Girl, right? I did. Oh, you did. Yeah. Um, but you don't think she'll win? No. And uh, we we did. We all saw Brooklyn and Room. Uh huh. Which I think both of them are absolutely de- deserving. Yeah. Um, Mitch, who would you pick between those two, Brie Larson and what's her name? Sersha. 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 Sorry, Sersha. Who would you pick? Because we've um, seen both of those. I think they're both equally good. You got your heart out for Brooklyn, though. Yeah, I right. really like uh, that movie. Right. And I really like Saoirse Ronan. Um, I think she has a shot. But right? I think I mean, people I think are really buzzing about her performance in that mm-hmm. movie. But I think the um, just the subject matter of Room and like the uh, gutsiness, gravitas yeah. of it, it will probably give. It to Brie, Brie Larson, Larson a, a I, I think she might be honestly a lock for best actress in the Academy Oscars, Awards yeah, yeah. Hmm. but what do I know I'm just a guy sitting so, in a room yeah <laughs> um <laughs> talking I'm with you I'm interested about schmucks. best director yeah who we got there um we got Todd Haynes for Carol George Miller for Mad Max Tom McCarthy for Spotlight Ridley Scott for The Martian and Alexander Inuritu for The Revenant hmm I hope they give it to George Miller. But, yeah, I do too, actually. But but I've been hearing that Ridley Scott might get director, and then Mad Max will get Best Picture. So I don't, I don't right. really know. It's interesting. You've got two veteran, veteran direct. I mean, they're all veterans, but you've got two huge, like old school directors in that category. Mm-hmm. And you know, one, George Miller really hasn't done much since you know back in the Babe. day <laughs> and ridley scott you know pumps one of these out every year yeah <laughs> yeah it's just interesting it's like i don't, I, know. I don't know i mean I, I, I think i think we all agree that george miller is probably a hell of a lot more deserving yeah yes. i think so um, i i mean but i could see i guess what i'm saying i can see them politically even yeah. in the oscars maybe giving this to ridley scott yeah. uh, i mean don't know. get me wrong ridley scott's a great director oh yeah he's one of my favorites but is, not this is movie. the martian his yeah. best movie no, no not at all. um I mean, I said in the in that article that it's probably one of the most overrated of the year for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's bad; it's just not amazing. Um, amazing. you think uh, our our boy Quentin Tarantino for Hateful Eight's gonna win anything for a screenplay? No, probably not. Probably not. Not that it wasn't well written, but I think Spotlight will get that one. This is an interesting. I think these are interesting nominations. What do you think about these? So the, the writing ones? Yeah, do these... Do the Golden Globes not have ad- adaptation and stuff? Yeah, they throw them together. They just throw them together. Yeah. So what we've got here is Emma Donahue for Room, 
Tom McCarthy, Josh Singer for Spotlight, Charles R- Randolph, Adam McKay for The Big Short, Aaron Sorkin for Steve Jobs, and Quentin for The Hateful Eight. You know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I didn't see Big Short or Spotlight. Um, I just, I, it's, it's very weird. I don't think that these are the best written movies I've seen all year. I mean, between the, the four. What would there. you have in there? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, you know, it just depends what you think is a is a well-written script. I, I, I know this would never happen ever. I think Creed is a really well-written script. And I think it's well-crafted and it's perfectly paced from the writing standpoint. And I would I would like to see it in a category like this, but you don't... It's weird. You don't see movies like that make it into these categories. You know, Rocky, I might be wrong, but I think was up for best screenplay if it didn't win it in 1976. Um it might have might have won it, yes. I it's I think it did. He won the Oscar. Yeah, so I think Oscar, yeah. yeah. So you know, I just it's weird. Like you don't see movies like that nominated. Like you know, like Butch Cassidy, I think was not. You know, you, that wouldn't be nominated today. I don't think. Um, I don't know. Do you think these are the best written scripts we've seen all year? Mm. Like you know, for example, like Inside Out to me is a, is a yes. is, is a better written script than a couple of these. I would agree with that. You know, and Steve Jobs and Hateful Eight as you know, Grid is like you know the dialogues. And we'll talk about Hateful Eight, but they're they're good and stuff. But like, like, I don't think Steve Jobs is a perfect script in any sense of the word. As entertaining as it was from the dialogue standpoint, just like structurally, it's very. It's a uniquely structured. It's uniquely structured, but it's like I don't know if it. That was kind of my issue with the film was just the structure of it, not the dialogue, or, you know, or the acting or any mm-hmm. of that. But just no. Do we have? Uh, do you have any other anything else about? Golden Globes, we want to talk about. <laughs> Hold on, is there anything else about Golden Globes we should speak of? Um, I'm I'm curious to see if The Big Short or The Martian will win comedy. I think it's between those two movies. Probably The Martian, even though it's not really a comedy. All right, it's lighthearted, for sure. Yeah. Is The Big Short a comedy? Yeah, it is. yes. Okay, yeah, I mean, so. I know it's Adam McKay, and obviously there's a. You know, the cast is comedic. It's a, it's a pretty depressing... Right. Di- <laughs> so you depressing. saw it. Yeah, I did. Um, which, I mean, obviously... I'm going to just say that you probably like the big short better. Than, than the Martian? Martian. Yeah. 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 It's still... I mean... It's probably another one I have to see again. Because the subject matter is really tough. Um, just, I mean, it's banking. But they try to dumb it down as much as possible to describe, like, what happened in 2007 and 2008. Mm. Um but it's still very confusing to wrap your head around at 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 moments. But by the end of it, you kind of get it. And right. <clears throat> it's funny and also really depressing because they kind of tell you like, well, it's still going on. Like they're doing the exact same thing right now. It's just called something different. Right. So it's going to happen again. Um, we've also got Spy and Trainwreck in this uh, category. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm judging a movie on its comedy merits, Trainwreck's my favorite comedy. I really like Spy. Yeah, I know. I did like Spy. That goes forgotten in this year. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, I I would also. I mean, you you throw Inside Out into it. Is that a comedy or a drama? I wish that movie would get in these categories. I don't get it. It's a comedy. I I think with the Golden Globes, I think if a movie is nominated in the foreign language or animated, animated, it's not allowed in the the back. Which I hate. I actually don't even I, I can't stand the animated picture award in mm-hmm. the Oscars I wish they would get rid of that and just accept them as movies yeah. rather than like another I don't know it always bothers me but um, but then they wouldn't get any recognition like the smaller ones wouldn't get any yeah, recognition yeah, at yeah, all yeah. if yeah. they didn't because yeah. I mean Toy Story 3 was nominated for best picture and best animated and it won best animated um, right it's right, possible right, to win right, both right, you know right, uh, but yeah but something like Sean, um, but it's the always, but it's always hilarious <laughs> when that happens, right? When like, when like Wally is nominated for best picture and man for best animated, it means like it's going to win best animated film. Mm-hmm. How would it not? Like, yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean. And if it's it doesn't, like, it's like weird. Like, why yeah. would it be nominated? Right. Why, <laughs> why is it this other? If it can't win. Right. Yeah. What, what won it last year? Cause I know I was pretty upset about the Lego movie not being nominated, nominated at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. That what did ridiculous. win it last year? I can't like, remember. How to Train Your Dragon 2 or something. Yeah, I think that was it. Which I heard was really good. It is good. I've seen it. It's good. Um, Not the Lego movie, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Lego movie was just so different and goofy. 
All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how our, our locks went next week, and uh, we'll see who Ricky Gervais insults the most. I'm so excited. It's my favorite, favorite award show. To watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's entertaining. Yeah, for there sure. There will be a few Cosby jokes, I can guarantee. Yeah, I, bet, I, I bet there will. <laughs> um, all right. One last bit of news. Because, uh, you know, I, I bring tragic this up. Tragic news. I bring, no, you know what? It's tragic in one sense. It's not tragic in another, which I'll bring up. <laughs> and I believe this. It was announced, and, and you know, after three, he said that, that he was going to do no more. And of course, Michael Bay went on to direct uh, Transformers Four. Mm-hmm. And then after four, he said, "Yeah, I'm not doing the next one." And in uh, part of the, his 13-hour Benghazi press junctions, the last few weeks, he, he this week he mentioned that he will be on board, indeed, this summer for the fourth for the fifth installment in the Transformers series from Paramount. Cha-ching. Cha-ching is right. And I say that it's it's it sucks in one sense of, you know, cuz you know, They're we'd all good. like to see a new a new director at the helm of the Transformers series. But uh, I predict he will bring this movie to Michigan in some form because he has a track record here, and I hope he does, even though there's no film incentive. He has been here before pre-film incentive. They shot the island here a little bit oh, yeah. uh, back in the day. So He's the train uh, station. Michael, if you're listening, we all need to work. Come back here. <laughs> Anyways. You can yell at us all you want. You can yell at us <laughs> all you want. pay us a day rate. Um, <laughs> other th- thoughts on this? Did you guys see four? No, no, I did not. That's my Netflix recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> you can see my name in the credits. Yeah. But it's uh, <laughs> it's, really um, <laughs> it's good. It's a good movie. Um, <laughs> Mitch, Michael Bay, fifth Transformer movie. Here's your chance. Go at him. Uh, he loves his spinning slow-mo shots with an american flag waving majestically in the background i think that this benghazi movie is really gonna give it to hillary in fact i bet that there's gonna be a line in this benghazi movie where someone's like oh nobody in washington is paying attention or something stupid like that um that movie looks really terrible uh but he just, you know, he has an interesting style, and I, I like the look sometimes of his movies. He just doesn't understand people <laughs> at all. So I can't imagine this Transformers movie um, just being any different than the other ones. It will make money, though. Especially if it's, it's got Mark Wahlberg. I think we found a Transformer. <laughs> Dude, I think we found a Transformer here. You know, he's great. He's a, I, I prefer him in, you know, than these Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I do. Donnie, I get the pliers. <laughs> and with Wahlberg, he's bringing his restaurant here. <laughs> so bringing so a maybe he'll bring another movie here, too. While he's <laughs> at it. A little film at it. Probably. Yeah, we can, they can cater. Um, Colin, are you excited for this fifth installment of Transformers? I don't give two shits. Direct yeah. it, don't direct it. I won't fucking see it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember after like Transformers My friends work on it My friends don't work on it I still don't yeah. fucking see it I'm kidding <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> Sorry I got so excited I dropped my phone onto my copy <laughs> um, tra- uh, I remember after Transformers 3 I think it was He was like Talking about directing something different <laughs> Like Oh I could do like a, a character piece And then we were all like Oh let's see it And he never did it <laughs> Uh, he made, or he made Pain and Gain, which was just a, like... I didn't see that, but I heard like it was a, pretty good, I like in terms of entertainment value. I heard it was subdued, but also crazy for what it was. Subdued. As in, like, no giant No, robots. it was. It was, a, it, was a, it was a way lower budget than he's yeah. used to working on these days. I like The Rock. But that, I like Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I like Mark Wahlberg. I mean... Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Anyways, just wanted to mention that... <laughs> I have like I, I just remembered this and I want to sneak this in here and it, um when I saw the Star Wars when I saw when I saw the Star Wars when I saw Star Wars yes, I saw a trailer that was the back initial, in the that was Star the Wars title back in the day was the Star Wars yes. anyways when I when I saw it I saw the trailer for um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. new Harry Potter yeah, yeah. spinoff and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Um, I, I very teasery, and then I saw the all the credits for it. David Yates is back directing it, and I got really upset. Wait, why? Why? Because he's directed like three of them. Or something? He's directed 
the last one, two, three, four. He's directed the last yeah, four Harry Potter movies. Four Harry Potter movies. And then we're in a whole new, supposed to be a whole new storyline. Right? Give someone else a chance to make their mark on the Harry Potter franchise. Right? Yeah, I mean, no, I can, I can see where, I've like... I've seen David Yates' Harry Potter world. You know, it's even, even though, I'll say, like, even though John Favreau, I think, did an amazing job with Iron Man, it's like, you don't want him to do every single Marvel movie. And I think that, you know, similarly, if I was a huge Transformers fan, I would, you know, I think people would welcome a new director. I think you're right. I mean, it's like, you know, how many movies... There's very few directors that do this kind of thing where they take mm-hmm. on all the movie, you know, Spielberg with Indiana Jones and which, you know, that's another one. I I would like to see someone else take that on too. Um I don't know. I'm not, I'm not well versed on Harry Potter, but I thought fans were excited about it though. I think he, they're excited. He's known about for the good or the better ones, right? Yeah. Chris yeah. Columbus yeah. and better. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not he still had, the third one's still the best one, but He's not Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah, Alfonso Cuarón. I mean, it's it's. I don't even think it's like his franchise even. Right, it's, right. Because he's only directed you know half of them. Right. I don't. Know, I just would have loved to see someone else. You know. You have a you have a person in mind? Not anyone. <laughs> I Mitch, know. I don't care. You, but you, you. I like David Yates. Yeah. I, I liked his. I do his too. Job. I think um, the Half Blood Prince is one of the best ones. Yes. It's much very. Dark. I know that's like a stupid. You know, oh, it's dark because I know <laughs> it's, it's uh, good because it's dark. Yeah, right? no, that's not true. But it, it's um, but it is something that's hard to take yeah, on. What's what's ultimately children material and make mm-hmm. it dark? I mean, that's you know, that's it's also literally dark. <laughs> right. It's a very dark movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, I think in the future because they're gonna see you're gonna voice. see. I think you know Warner Brothers is gonna let this franchise go, so you're gonna probably see a slew of Harry Potter movies and. You'll get your shot, probably. Someone will take it on. You'll get it, Colin. You'll get it. They'll call you up. They'll what do- is David Yates is not very busy. I feel like he, does he do? That's the other- only thing he's done. Right. That's what's weird to me. I mean, he did. He did one episode. Didn't we just? He did one episode of the TV series. Or is he Tyrant. doing? Isn't he doing Tarzan? And he's doing Tarzan. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Tarzan. That's what. That's what stuck out to me. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But well, since 2007, it's all been Harry Potter. Um, dum, dum, ta, dum, 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 you know who you might want to see do a Harry Potter movie is Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Ooh, he wants to do. I saw something. He wants to do a 1930s gangster movie or a really, really scary horror, horror movie. movie right? I would look oh, if a horror movie. If he took on a, a like a superhero franchise movie, I think that would be pretty awesome. But, um, anyways, right now he's not doing that. He just came out with his eighth directed film, The Hateful Eight. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz surrounding this film. Uh, the, the script leaked uh, about a year ago. And then he threw a tantrum. And then he threw a tantrum. <laughs> and uh, there was all this stuff about the extended cut in 70 millimeter. It was played a little bit in 70 millimeter. It was released a week later fully in all the screens. And now it's out. And we all saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're here to talk about it today. Um, how do we intro this? It's, you know, it's a long movie. Uh, the, if you this you know the story is pretty simple. It's about eight people lodged up in a in a in a, in a cabin in, in the middle of nowhere. It's like in the, the post Civil War time period, I suppose. Yeah. Right? Um. And um, starring a great cast. Mm-hmm. Very, and very uh, really cool look to it for sure. And um, we're gonna talk about it. What a I'll say so. Kyle and I saw it together at like Aww. eleven o'clock at night. This is just, we were because we were like we uh, we have like one shot to see this at seventy millimeter. Do you want to go? And I'm like sure. That was the night. There was a huge storm. It was. Ooh, that was smart. It was crazy. And we'll talk about whether or not it was worth it. Did you see it in seventy yeah, millimeter? We probably at the AMC thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good because I think it will be the same experience. Maybe we'll talk about that experience. But first, just on a movie standpoint, let's talk about what we thought. Uh, at the outset, uh, Mitch, since I didn't see it with you, what were your initial thoughts of uh, the eighth film by QT? Um, I really liked the experience. The 70 millimeter experience was really fun. It felt like you were, you know, going to the movies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You saw the lines in the film, you know, as it was running. You could yeah. see the film moving. Which used to be what happens every time you see a movie. Yeah, exactly. Not anymore. <laughs> it's all digital now. Right. Um, the overture was nice, except for the people behind me talking through it. <sighs> 
It's like, so no, the movie was. has started. Like, this is the movie. I don't know if you knew that. Um, so uh, the intermission was nice because I got to go and buy some candy and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So we, we didn't. You didn't. You just waited. <laughs> well, waited no, it we'll, out. We'll, we'll tell you. Uh, so we, I'm interested now. Uh, I enjoyed it. I really liked the dialogue, and I liked how it looked when I could see it. I don't know how your problem, what your so, issue okay, was. Well, we'll talk about the projection in a second. Yeah. Here. But so uh, you like? Did you like the movie? I mean, yes, I did. I it was enjoyed in your top it ten on the blog. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought they it was a great story. It was rivetedly, rivetingly told. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe. I liked the narrator. Although the narrator kind of came in randomly uh, halfway through. I thought that was a little strange. We didn't hear anything Which about it. Which I think was Quentin Tarantino. Was it not? It didn't sound it's, like it. No. He, no. Well, he wasn't in the movie at all, which okay. was shocking. No. Unless he was the narrator. Unless he was OP. No, he wasn't OP. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it was him. Um, yeah, he's. It's, it says on here uncredited hmm. narrator. But, we'll, but whatever. Whatever. Anyway. Um, I liked. I liked. I uh, I liked the narrator part during the second half. It was kind of interesting, and I liked how it kind of jumped back and told us what happened. And um, it was also Quentin Tarantino's bloodiest film, which at times was very. Oh, I would say so. There were there was really there were guts and. I mean, I guess it's like Kill Bill is like a comic. It's comic. This bloody. felt more real right. to me. Um, the yeah, I like the acting was great. Bruce Dern is amazing for his little subdued, mm-hmm. you know, old man role. I liked a lot what I had to say politically about um, race in America back then, and like, uh, I guess just what it meant to be an American in the West and how you had to survive. Um, yeah, I just liked I liked it all for the most part. I put it in my top ten because I enjoyed it. Yeah, the projection okay. was my biggest negative, and no pun uh, intended. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny though. Which wouldn't make sense because it wouldn't be it's a not negative. negative <laughs> right. um, Colin, what do you think? I I, I I wake up some days and I love the hatefully, and I wake up other days and I <laughs> ha- hate the hatefully. Um, when you, I go into a Tarantino movie, there's certain things I expect. I expect great dialogue, great performances, a great story. And it seems like this time, like everything that I expected from Tarantino got flipped, <laughs> except for the acting. The acting all the around acting was great. Is amazing, yeah. But instead of the dialogue being the big star here, the big star here for me was the costumes and the set design yeah. and the cinematography. Yeah. Whereas I thought the script was maybe my least favorite Tarantino script mm-hmm. I, I've seen him do. Um, or watched. Right. Um, I didn't think it was very exciting or suspenseful. I saw everything coming, and I was not a huge fan of the structure of it with the flashback at the beginning of the... I forget if it was the beginning of the intermission or if it was the second chapter of the inter- after the intermission. Yeah, it was, the, it was the beginning, I think, right? It went right back. But uh, I just... With yeah, yeah, the, yeah. no, uh, it was the chapter after that. Then oh, about showing how they all got it. Yeah, yeah how yeah, how yeah. like the flashback one. Right. I wasn't a big fan of that. that yeah, um, I don't know. It's maybe it, it it might be my least favorite Tarantino movie he's ever done. But I mean, that being said, it's still one of my like in it's my top like, twenty yeah, of the right, year. Right, so right. just be, the whole experience was really really great going there and knowing that you're watching something on film and getting this this book before your screening was was cool and you could tell that Tarantino made a conscious decision to have it, that feeling and I totally appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um just my biggest my biggest issue was was the story and the script. Yeah, I'm in this I think maybe we're all in the same boat here. We're like the favorite my favorite part was the experience. I loved the the little pamphlet they gave you. My favorite part honestly was the overture. It got me and their opening credits got me so mm-hmm. pumped and jacked and the music was awesome. Um you know, should should probably win the Oscar. The music was amazing. Yes. And I know some not all of it was original. Um a lot of it was stuff that uh Morricone had already written for other movies, I think. But he did 
but he did write original stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know that not all of it was. But anyways, um, it is technically an right. Um, but I would say, you know, like, look, I, I was, and we did see this at close to eleven o'clock at night. It's a three-hour-plus movie. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm with Colin in the sense that, like, it's probably my least favorite Quentin Tarantino. But I haven't seen every Quentin Tarantino. I haven't seen Django. Um, uh, but I don't. It was just. I didn't. It was predictable. I saw everything coming. Especially you talk about that flashback. It's like it's a flashback that reveals things that we already know at that point. So it was really weird to me. Like, you know they're going to kill all of them. So it wasn't exciting. Like, there was nothing surprising about any of it. Um, I mean, that's that's my thoughts. I mean, I look, we usually get to this at the end, and I don't want to sound too harsh here, but just to illustrate how I think about this movie is that it's definitely entertaining. But I guess you guys all – I've been saying this since the beginning of the podcast, and you guys know that I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of extremely long movies. But I think, you know, people are asking me about this, and I think there's so many good movies out there right now that I wouldn't recommend this above five of them you know what i mean like it's weird it and again it's still an amazing movie i think it's a testament to quentin tarantino's films before this but it's you know and the, the costume design set design is amazing the music's awesome acting's incredible i just this i just couldn't really it wasn't as entertaining it's like mm-hmm. quentin tarantino's movies usually like frame to frame are just so engaging and enthralling and you know there's a lot of action there's not a lot of action in this movie which is fine it doesn't need to be but it just wasn't as Engaging, I guess, for me. But again, you know, that might have been, we saw it late at night, and that did affect it. We talked about our experience. I mean, let's talk about the projection and stuff, because it's a huge part of what this film is. It is projected in 70 millimeter, and I don't know what your experience was, Mitch, but was it was yours extremely letterboxed, too? No, it wasn't letterboxed. It was, like, blurry. Like, there, it would go in but and it out. it didn't fit it the would... whole screen, right? No, if for me, if it's all screen. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we wow. were like on a regular size screen, so that it was like sm- It was like you saw part smaller. of it on the oh, like yeah, no, not on the wall, but like the, it was like it filled the whole had, screen. Was it? Was no, it we, no, it, it filled the whole screen. So we had black on the bottom and black on the top. Weird. So because typically seventy millimeters projected on a larger screen because it's a wide, it's a wider angle format. Well, and let me think. You know, because back in the day, the theaters were bigger and the screens were bigger and. You know, ours wasn't blurry that much. Sometimes it was. Well, what was noticeable was when the scenes that looked really good, there were some scenes that I was like, this looks incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, why doesn't the rest look like this? Yeah. It, was, it, it didn't was, register it to me weird. that it was blurry, but I, I think it's because yeah. it was blurry. I can't recall if there was, if it, it you would ours was, ours was so, I mean, yeah, of course. I was surprised. It wasn't really letterboxed. I was honestly shocked that they didn't. Play it on the IMAX screen. Well, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. It yeah, like be. what the it, hell? I don't know. I don't. Is it just they Star couldn't? Wars. They couldn't get the projector. Yeah, they couldn't get the projector <laughs> Star Wars up and let the, them. Star Wars, yeah, probably. Much. Well, they they probably you know why would they? More people yeah. are going to go see Star Wars. But, but, ours but was, still, yeah. ours was sold out. It was weird. So it was sold we, out too. We got there at 7 p.m. and it was sold out. Ooh. So and you then had, you had to wait. We, we we hung around in uh, your old neck of the woods, basically, yeah. right? You're, yeah. Right? And my, for yep. three hours almost, and waited. It was ridiculous. Drinking but, and yeah. like pool. But anyways, um, and then the other joke. Sorry, was there was an intermission in this film, and mm-hmm. we, we since it was like one in the morning or whatever for intermission. I don't know, twelve thirty. <laughs> there was none of the concessions were open, and we were like oh. all dying of thirst. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Maybe, maybe why would they do that? Why would they close? They Keep have, at least have, one person they there. They have a, like a theater full of people. I it think was they a had, busy theater. I think they had all ten people monitoring the projection yeah. because no one knows how to pr- properly. <laughs> yeah, project they're all like, what do we do? They're all just questioning. I don't recall whether it was letterboxed or not. Honestly, um, I just remember it being clear. And honestly, it was almost like it was in autofocus. Like it would. It would go in and out of like focus, and it was fucking distracting as hell. That sucks. I I hated it, and you know there were shots where, you know, it seemed like just like a pocket of the screen was in focus, like on the left, and then it would cut, <laughs> cut to the opposite angle of a close up of Bruce Dern, and it'd be impeccably clear and look amazing, and then it would cut back, and it would a different pocket of the screen would be we all got free passes like when we walked out they were like sorry are you sorry. serious yeah oh because wow. people complained someone screwed up people basically. complained people yeah. walked out and said like this is crap it shouldn't look like this well like, know what you're doing it's funny wow. that when that when you know quentin tarantino sent out on this uh you know this 
uh, crusade. Crusade. That's the, exactly the word I was looking for. He went on this crusade to like put this in theaters in 70 millimeter, which is good. It's well intended, but look, people don't have the employees to operate. No offense mm. to anyone who works their projection booth. Yeah. In a, but it's in all digital anymore. now. It's all it, digital now. I mean, if you've ever been up there, usually there's one or maybe two people that do all film. Yeah, just monitoring. You just press a button it, and monitor. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it, just it you no longer have to physically put a new reel right, on, the, right. on the the spool. Right. Well, I don't know if you guys saw the the article I sent uh, in our discussion thing a few maybe two months ago but it was the press screening for the hateful eight yeah people and, were pissed and it yeah, was remember, yeah, like that. the a yeah. big press screening for it and it, the projection was so off that they ended up switching to digital for the yeah, second you tell, half yeah that's right and the guy who was writing I think it was for <laughs> for Hitflix said the digital looked way better than and he's yeah. like this is not the good impression you want yeah for, yeah. for your big 70 million. I understand film i think it's oh i understand shooting in film because it looks great but projecting in film is like it who well if, unless you look, if you, you, if have, you have a, a skilled you, have to have you know union yes. projectionist you have to have yeah. a you have to have a proper screen and yeah i mean it, it looks i mean trust me if you see imax film projections it's mm-hmm. way better than the digital imax you guys see at mjr and mm-hmm. amc mm-hmm. and stuff and there's a difference but it has to be done properly I mean, you're, and you talk about like you know professional projection. I mean, I asked my parents worked in a movie theater in the '70s, both mm-hmm. of them, and there were 70 millimeter screenings every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked my dad, you know, I was like, "Did you ever deal with this? And like, how did it work? And did you ever do the projection?" And he was like, "You kidding me? Yeah, no." <laughs> he was like, "No, it was like the union person who was skilled yeah. at this would come and you know, it's mm-hmm. not just you know." I'd be interested if there still is a projectionist union like in the area, or if it's just completely just, dissolved. Yeah, if they know. can't get it for that press screening in Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah. Angeles, I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyways, so that was that. I mean, it was cool though. Just, uh, just cool experience. Yeah, I liked when it said filmed in Panavision right, right, seventy right, millimeter right. with the logo and everything. But onto the the movie itself. Um, you know, I mean, Mitch, you, you enjoyed it a lot. I mean, do you see where we're coming from in a way with like this kind of bored? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I hate saying that. It makes me sound shallow. But it was kind of. It just wasn't as exciting as like I, I intend these. I intend. I expect these Quentin Tarantino movies mm-hmm. to be. I think it. Like, did you find it predictable or no? Um, predictable to a to a degree where I was like, well, somebody is in on this. I didn't expect all of them to be in on it. Yeah, that's, that's um, true. So that was not predictable. I didn't expect anybody to be under the floorboards. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I didn't expect that. That was super shocking. Um. I I think my fa- I just think my favorite part were the conversations they had and that you couldn't tell people's motivations and who was lying and like yeah and what's the truth what's a who lie who was lying and yeah. who was telling the truth because I mean we are then we're immediately the only person who was ever telling the truth was Kurt Russell's character and Ob who honestly the only one who had nothing to do with anything I know. And, and was he, my favorite and character. he suffers the wor- <laughs> one of the worst deaths yeah. you could ever have and um. I, yeah, and I I just liked that about it. I liked, I liked the conversations about the Confederacy. I liked the conversations about Lincoln. I liked all those conversations, and I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I like the historical stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, it added weight to like what people's preconceived judgments were amongst people. So like when we finally are dealt with our two heroes you know, who are still hateful people and not great people. I mean, the one who you end up kind of liking the most who ends up living is a racist Confederate who's about to be sheriff at at a town. I mean, but he still understands law and good, which is really, was an interesting dynamic. And uh, I like him and him and Obi were my favorite characters. I I found that really um, interesting. Yeah. There were a lot of uncomfortable laughs in the theater whenever mm-hmm. someone would scream, like, I'm just going to say it because I think it's worse when you say the N-word. When people, when they would scream nigger, like, th- 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 there were people uncomfortably laughing, which is just part we of were, that. Dude, which we is were just, talking, we said the same thing, mm-hmm. bitch and the N-word. When people yeah. said that in the movie, yeah, there was laughs and they weren't jokes in the movie. And yeah. I, I would, we talked afterwards, like, why are people laughing at that? I think it's just because unco- people are uncomfortable with right. saying it. And, I mean, you should be because you shouldn't say it the way they say it. Right. 
and only in context. But but it's sometimes weird when like when when Kurt Russell's character would be like you stupid bitch and hit her like people would I don't is that supposed to be funny or like are we just laughing because it's like Uh, he hit her it's just so ridiculous I I think I think that there was a guy who was like over the top laughing every time she got hit and I think he was just super uncomfortable with the violence. And then once the real violence well, that was, started, I mean, that was nobody what, was laughing. I, I guess that even might be my biggest criticism, not criticism, but maybe disappointment of the movie, and we were talking about this, is that it's not that funny. No. And Quentin Tarantino movies are always funny. Mm-hmm. I, I think it. the funniest part was the, the visual gag of the second gun being thrown out of the, uh, mm-hmm. the hole. It's like, I bet that some bitch has a second gun. Oh, yeah. That throw was, your that other was, gun. That was and then he throws it yeah, out. That was, like, yeah. that was the funniest part of the whole movie. Right. I got, and it's weird. I read a review just from you know, the Michigan Daily, the newspaper, and um, it said that this was Tarantino's funniest film. No, like, no, no. are they fucking high? Yeah, like, no, yeah, way. no. Like, uh, no like, way. Like, I, I get maybe it was late and I was tired, but our theater was not laughing. No, it's not the <laughs> no. funniest film. No, there's a lot of really uncomfortable moments. Yeah, not like laugh. I never laughed uncomfortably, but they were uncomfortable. Like um, Samuel Jackson's story that he tells. I mean, that story I was laughing. I love. Yeah, that. That, I mean, yeah. he was just. A lot of people are like, "Do you think he was telling the truth?" I'm like, no, he just wanted to kill that man. <laughs> he wanted. To, you know, he gave him a reason to try and kill him so he could kill him. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Stern's great. You do you know Bill Vincent? At you think he looks like you looked like every Bruce time Stern's. I see Bruce Dern, I, yeah, I, I, I see I, Bill funny. Vincent. Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, in going back to the humor, I think that. In order to sustain, maybe this is me personally, it sustain me over its three-hour runtime. I need some kind of wit and humor in these big dialogue scenes, and Tarantino's normally great at this. You get these great dialogue scenes that are funny and profound in movies like Django and Inglorious Bastards. I didn't get that wit or humor. It seemed very straightforward. The dialogue. I, it's true. I mean, you know, you, you were talking about the guy who had a, is famous for a conversation about what a McDonald's cheeseburger is like in Europe and how that that conversation, which is not important in content, always feels like it is the way it's written. Mm-hmm. And then you have conversations about racism and, and the Civil War and stuff that, you know, they do feel important just out of content. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, they're not as it's not as creative to me as some of the other things we've seen in the past from him. More plot driven. More plot driven, yeah. probably. Or, I, char- like, or I mean, it's weird. The plot is kind it's of plot and character building. But, you know. Yeah. I like character building dialogue. It, and a lot of it is mostly character building. I guess it's weird because you take and I, I haven't seen Django, which I know is of similar subject matter. Yeah. But you take a movie like Inglorious Bastards, which Look, that's a fine line. You have to to take a content like that and make it what is, you know, there's a lot of humor in that movie for a movie that's about mm-hmm. the Holocaust. And, you know, maybe it's because it's about killing Nazis and it's kind of a historical fantasy thing. But, like, the way that's done is very genius that, like, you can actually take something like that and we can watch it today and, like, laugh at some of it, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it blows my mind. I don't get that same kind of, like, genius in this movie and then that's not maybe it's intention which is fine but i just it wasn't as entertained by it yeah i don't know it's interesting well, i think it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a double you know they kind of trick you numerous times because you know it's supposed to be character building but we don't know if anybody's ever telling the truth and mm-hmm. we again spoiler right, we right. find out a majority of the people are not telling the truth at all right and even one of our heroes, even Samuel Jackson's character, isn't telling the truth. He's just saying things he says so that he can get by, basically yeah. survive as who he is in a place where most people want him dead. Right. Um, I I loved Samuel Jackson's performance in this. Mm-hmm. I think Sam Jackson and Jennifer Jason Jennifer Lee, Jason Lee was were just, my two favorite. Yeah, I think and Kurt amazing. Russell too was great too. Yeah. They're all great. I remember when, one of this movie. They really yeah. were. Yeah. Everybody's um, really good. Michael I can just Madsen. listen to uh, Samuel L. Jackson like talk in a Tarantino movie for a long time, right? And I, eat every second of it. I did think that uh, what's his name, uh, Walton Goggins. I think he was my favorite character in the movie. Uh, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like funny. Yeah, 
that guy I fucking knew it. That guy seriously could have been, you know, F words aside and N words aside, that guy could have you could if he was in black and white, I would be like, Oh, he's from the thirties or something in like a thirties or forties cowboy movie. Like he just seemed, He has a look. He was so Well care- he's in justified. And, and his sound. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I haven't seen any of that. He was in Django too, I, I which I haven't seen. Let me ask you guys yeah. Let me ask you, I mean, because I haven't seen it. I know it's I know it's very different, but do you think there's a little bit of there's too much familiarity in terms of like are are people because you know it's not getting the best reviews in the world you think people are like this is a little more the same in terms of style visually and uh you know just the time and setting for him to do these two movies back to back and there was rumors that this was at some point a Django sequel but I don't know is there any I'm just the thought because you think about it besides Kill Bill 1 and 2 I mean most of his movies are crazy different from movie to movie Meh, I don't know. I think there's a big common thread between Reservoir Dogs and well, that's probably true. Jackie Pulp, Brown yeah. and Pulp Fiction, and then you get to like Kill Bill, which is kind of like a hybrid between like these two genres that yeah. he's like yeah, kind yeah. of been doing, like the neo no not I mean not neo wire, but it's like western. Yeah, yeah, like what? Yeah, yeah like it western has those Japanese, elements, but it also yeah. has like very modern right. elements. That, yeah. Right. Um, I get I, I I going off your point, Carol. I think maybe to me is I am a little being a, a Tarantino fan. I think a lot of people are Tarantino fans now. We're predicting like all these things that will happen in Tarantino, so it's hard for Tarantino yeah, to yeah. Tarantino us now. That's that's what a friend of mine said yesterday. Was that it? Just maybe you know that's why it's predictable because uh-huh. you're like. You know, you expect the flashback. Like it's not, and you know the and the the jarring voiceover that comes in the middle of nowhere is like, you know, that's just he does that stuff all the time, where it's like he changes the way. So fourth wall breaks the fourth wall. It was, but I mean, I'm just saying, like things like in in Kill Bill, where like all of a sudden it's anime. You know what I mean? Like we're used to him just changing the way he's telling the story out of nowhere. So it's just he does these things so often that like it's not as crazy as it was 20 years ago when you know Pulp Pulp Fiction is out of order and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But he does. He, with the narration, he does still add a sense of mystery. I mean, somebody poisoned the coffee. You only see the hands. Yeah. And they're they're wearing black gloves. And then when we are, go back, everyone is wearing black. Like, the, all the people that they suspect are wearing black gloves. Yeah. I, I so guess... that added some tension. It's like, who the hell did this? And then you see Kurt Russell drink it. You see OB drink it. And you're like, yeah, well, yeah. we see that coming. And... I think it it just added more tension. It was kind of like you're just sitting there along for the ride, like ride. I know. Seeing the, how this all plays There was out. good sense of mystery for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, this is kind of like his, he's got a little bit of a Hitchcock thing going on in this film. You mm-hmm. know, we're like, you know, someone poisoned the coffee and it's not really what you're, it's, it's like, my point is, is that it's not, when you find out who did it and, and who's together, it's not that surprising. Well, we don't really find out who exactly You, you don't, the but they're all together. Yeah. So they all, they were all probably all in on it. Mm-hmm. And that's not, like, the end result is not surprising. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I think as Tarantino movie watchers, we all know that, you know, maybe your main character is going to die halfway through it. Maybe everyone's going to die by the end of this movie. Right. <laughs> right. So that what, you know, that's another thing. It's not that crazy. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just, I had a real big problem with that flashback scene. I just don't understand well, it was, the, the well, point of it, it was, at all. I, that was the point of the movie where I was bored the most. Yeah. I you, well, I can see that because you, yeah. you, there's no surprise there. You know, they're going to kill all of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they not, didn't like kill them in a creative or like funny yeah, way was, either. It was, it was just brutal. like, they shot them. Right. It was <laughs> it, the brutality of it did, border on like over the top like ugh, like really do we need to see this poor woman get you know <laughs> her face blown off basically yeah. Yeah. yeah get her face blown off we don't yeah. need this poor woman is like on the ground like clutching her stomach and then she gets shot again right in the chest right the guy gets stabbed like multiple times in the back yeah like, there's like i if understand like if like something like happened like a mishap when they were like trying to like kill them it give like a different i don't know or if like one of the bad guys was limping for some reason you know yeah it's just like we knew that they were all dying it's like i i don't know yeah yeah if like michael madsen's character had a limp and it was because something went wrong during like we would wonder you know that looks fresh right you know why is that 
Right. But everybody just gets murdered. Yeah. But there's but there's little things where like oh there's jelly beans jelly beans on the ground. We see those earlier in the film, and then there's mm-hmm. the stain on the on the on the chair, and you you find out how they got there. But like that's not that like no. it's nothing, there wasn't uh, enough of that. Nothing about like, the, it. Is the stain like, was very like. You know, like, oh, look, I take off all these layers and here it is. Right. All right. Anything else? (laughs) You know? Yeah. I did like the, I did like, though, the foreshadowing of, like, putting, you know, stashing guns in certain areas. So Mm -hmm. that made it so that, like, Michael Madsen's character could try and. Yeah, that was cool. And I think the most suspenseful moment in the movie is when um, Sheriff Mannix, Walton Goggins' character, is, like, like goes over to her like he's gonna shoot her and then just passes out yeah that, that, <laughs> that was, was intense that was, like, that was good that was intense that was good but i was so i mean again we saw it it was almost two in the morning at that point but yeah i was always when that happened i was like fuck yeah i was like what's this movie gonna end yeah i was I like i know you know like because the result didn't change in yeah. a way you know what i mean like it didn't affect anything yeah, except she for still the got tension, shot, but yeah. whatever did you what did you think of the final um scene of her hanging did you find that to be like almost grotesque <laughs> yeah, in I, a way? I did not like watching there it. was yeah. a lot of people that yeah, i don't want to get into this too much because i think it's a i don't know there's a lot of people that you know it's, it's very misogynist this whole film oh, no i disagree which with that. i would you know it's quentin tarantino come on yeah. this is the i mean Kill she's Bill also is a, like, a murdering psychopath and <laughs> is treated like all the other men and treats everyone else like equals yeah yeah i mean misogyny, I, you know, I don't really but but i think people are like are we supposed to get pleasure in watching her hang that you know i, I didn't mean? I think, draw any pleasure no i don't think it. anyone did i just no no yeah. I, I yeah I, I know but i'm just it's, i think people are kind of like what's the you know i think it comes from being in an audience where you where people like you know teenagers are laughing when some mm-hmm. girl gets hit in the face kind of thing and people yeah. and then people go right on their blog and be like this is misogynist because this is the way people reacted in in a I'm making yeah. fun of bloggers, but I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm on Eve. Um, <laughs> You'll be getting a letter from the union. I know, yeah, the bloggers union. The Jezebel bloggers. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, so we, have, we, we we wrap up every show with some, uh, with well, with well, first of all, do we recommend it? I recommend it just because I think it's an interesting, it's different. And right. it's if you like a mystery and you like dialogue-driven mysteries, then go for it. I recommend it. I, 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 and I do want to see it again. I'm not gonna wait for. I'm gonna wait for it to come out. Yeah, video. me too. So I, I do want to watch it on my couch too. and watch yeah, it. Right. But I mean, I definitely want to see it again because I appreciate so much of what's going on visually, um, and just the staging of it. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy that. I feel um, like I have to see it in digital, <laughs> digitally. I, now. I, yeah, I do too. Next time yeah. I'm at a theater, I'm just gonna. So walk, I'm not distracted. I'm gonna walk into yeah. just to see the, and up. just you know maybe watch five minutes or yeah. so just to see it. Um, you know, I look. If you're a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, well, sure, of you, you have no it. reason I mean, not. You to. have to see it. Um, if you're not, you know, if you've just seen Django and Inglorious Bastards or something, you know, I wouldn't. I don't know. I really wouldn't recommend. I don't. I wouldn't put it together with those two. Well, I haven't seen Django, but I'm just saying it's not. It's not the same kind of movie as Inglorious Bastards. Um, I I don't know. There's just so many movies right now I would recommend before it. That's my only thing. It's you been know, a good year. You're talking about a guy who's seen Star Wars four times, but still, uh, <laughs> there's you know. You would recommend a second viewing of Star Wars before, before I would. I would recommend a second viewing of Star Wars before a first. Viewing. Before a first viewing. All right, guys. Uh, Netflix recommendations. Let's hit it. We end every show with some video on demand recommendations. Um, I'll go quick this week. Um, I'm. You know, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I always because it's on Netflix and I watched almost all of it the other night. But um, it, it also is just because as while The Force Awakens is out right now, if, if you would ask me what's the closest thing ever to come to Star Wars besides Star Wars in, in movie history, honestly, it, it's, it's 2003's Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm-hmm. It's out right now on Netflix, and it's one of my favorite movies ever. And I watched it again the other night. It still was amazing. It's still entertaining. I loved every bit of it. The performances are great, all that stuff. But really, I mean, you look at it, and you've got... You know, you've got your Luke Skywalker and Orlando Bloom. You have your Leia and Keira Knightley. And you've got your Han Solo and Jack Sparrow. I mean, in a really good way, it's such a Star Wars kind of structure. So if you're really loving this fun hero's journey kind of story going on in the theaters right now, and you haven't seen Curse of the Black, per- Curse of the Black Pearl, it's on Netflix right now. And you should check it out. I think there's a new one coming out next year. Yeah. I've always... <laughs> 
I've always talk about a series that disappointed right? in sequels. I always thought, and my friend Carly and I have always thought this: if you put Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow, and Jeffrey uh, Rush, Rush yeah. Barbosa, just in like a rowboat with each other, no script, and just filmed it, I would fucking watch. Oh, that. I would I, I, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. They're so good in Dude, those roles. Jeffrey Rush is so underrated in that film. He's honestly incredible. He's amazing because there's because there's so many good performances, and and you know, Kieran Knightley basically blew up in that film. Johnny Depp in a way had a, like a revival with that Definitely. film. So mm-hmm. he's he like, nominated for an okay, yeah. So lost in that, that, I think, was Jeffrey Rush's performance. But he's, so he's great. Je- so good in the central. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 for sure. So, that's my recommendation. Nice. I'm going to recommend, um, Mitch might have recommended this, but um, I'm going to recommend Tangerine on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh I didn't recommend. Um, early, came out early this year, premiered at Sundance. Uh, real, real positive reviews out of Sundance on Netflix. Um, it's a really interesting and funny story of these two um, transsexual hookers. And in LA and um the term is transgendered <laughs> I think it's a transsexual oh. right I don't know wait this is the one that shot on an iPhone right worked up iPhone but yeah, yeah definitely right. um the pacing of it is just lightning fast and funny and there's some really great and touching scenes in it and the biggest trick I think of it is it's shot in LA and it does not look like an LA I've seen before in a movie. Oh, that's cool. So that is fucking awesome. That's cool and rare. Because yes. I actually always I always hate that about films and TV shot in LA. Is it just is, we've seen it a million times? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why don't they call it Tangerine? Tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I actually really I've been wanting to see that for a long it's time. It's really so it's really I'm great, gonna, and it's like such a quick watch. It's, yeah, oh, it flies. That's my by. favorite. Flies. That's by. my favorite. Quick watches. I know. Uh, me too. <laughs> there might I be a quickie it. in the movie too. Ooh, ooh. Spoilers. All right. Well, we will. Uh, we might have to take a little bit of a hiatus here in the next few weeks. Um, we we may we might be back next week. We'll see if I have time for it. But I am shooting a movie in a week and a half, and we have a three and a half week shoot. So we'll be back in time for Oscar season for sure. But uh, we might it have to take is a little Oscar season. Well, sorry. I meant you know an Oscar show prep and post Oscar. Um, all right, you can email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at woodwardsdet. For Colin and Mitch, check out our top ten list of oh, the year. Oh, check out our top ten list yeah. at woodwardsdetroit.com. Temporary yes. top you know, ten. Yeah, just what we've seen in the calendar year of 2015 so far. Um, and uh, we will uh, see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. For Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. See ya, guys. Bye. Bye. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit Avenue to alternative pop culture talk.